In this episode of the Smart City Podcast, I interviewed Roxanne Griffith. Roxanne loves to help people, which makes her perfect for her role as the Regional Veterans Employment Coordinator with the US Department of Labor. Roxanne talks passionately about the apprenticeship program she is involved in and how it fits into the smart city space. We also talk about the importance of workforce diversity and the future of work. Roxanne presented at the IEEE Green Tech Conference in early April, so we talk a little bit about that as well. It was really great to talk to Roxanne as it was a really different perspective of the smart city space. So as always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoy making it. It's the Smart City Podcast, whoa, with smart city experts, here we go. Connecting smart technology, both big and small. Smart cities are making life better for all. Big data, emerging trends, self-driving cars and more. The Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for. Hello, Roxanne. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Zoe? I'm very well, thanks. Um, let's just jump straight into it. And can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're passionate about? Absolutely. So I am originally from New York City. I am U.S. Air Force retired, and I work currently for the Department of Labor at, at the national level as a regional veteran employment coordinator. And I'm under the Department of Strategic Outreach. So I do a lot of uh, strategic planning and building out of programs with employers. I do a lot of uh, outreach in the employment space, trying to create opportunities for veterans and even non-veterans alike to allow them to have a career going forward. I work a lot with the employers to ensure that we are um, meeting their needs and providing them with resources that they can utilize. I'm really passionate about helping others. So anything I can do to help someone else, I'm always present and available if I can. But I'm really, really passionate about the veteran community here in the United States. Yeah, awesome. Um, so what kind of sparked your interest in this smart city kind of space? Well, with working with the U.S. Department of Labor, I see so many opportunities for cities to utilize the services and resources provided by the Department of Labor across the United States to build smart cities. And unfortunately, a lot of them aren't educated on what's available. So it's my mission to educate the cities and the industries out there so that they can utilize the services and resources we have today to build a better future tomorrow. Yeah, cool. That sounds like a really rewarding kind of job you've got there. I'm loving it. It doesn't feel like work. Oh, that's what we want. That's what we all want. Um, so are there any specific technologies or concepts that you've come across that you're really particularly interested in exploring? As it refer refers to smart cities, yes. I would love to interface yep. with the underserved populations um, with the city managers, with employers in the cities to build new and innovative infrastructure. Um, this could be done with the aid of U.S. Department of Labor's apprenticeship program that provides a structured training to aid in bridging an education gap and creating certification and career opportunities. Yeah, cool. So what current projects and things are you working on at the moment? Well, I have 11 states in my region, so I stay really, really busy. Wow. And on every, any given day, I have at least four more projects going on my radar at one given time. I feel sometimes like I'm pulled in multiple directions, but I'm pretty good at time management. 
So I keep myself really organized. Um, A lot of what I do is build out uh, the apprenticeship programs. And currently I have several of the companies in the technology field, in the uh, vehicle um, car industry, in the IT space that's building out apprenticeship programs. And I'm just finding out that a lot of manufacturers are trying to come on board as well. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, cool. So the apprenticeship program, can you explain a little bit more about what that entails? Absolutely. So under the Department of Labor's Registered Apprenticeship Program, we find ways to create a a structured training program for just about any career field. And it allows the employer to hire people with lower qualifications than they require for the job. So somebody coming in, maybe even at entry level, or at first here, can then go through the training under the guidance of an employer and gain the skills and certifications they need to become a master at what they're supposed to do. They gain their certifications. They can then look at career opportunities within that industry and show longevity in career. Yeah. So is this the apprenticeship? We're talking about people um, of all different ages coming from different careers and that kind Absolutely. of thing? It's just about any age, any background. If you want to train into something different or something new, you can look for that opportunity. And once you meet the standards and criteria of that employer, then the opportunities are there for you to take. And we have a lot a, a yeah. lot of great examples of that come from the military here in the United States. So we see a lot of transition and service members who either want to transition out and do the same thing that they've done before but may not have all the certifications that our civilian sector requires, or they come out of the military and they don't want to do that job anymore and they want to transition into something different. They have experience. They have the aptitude to learn. They have the discipline to learn. And now that uh, apprenticeship opportunity creates a career opportunity. And it also shows a career path because a lot of times when the employers create an apprenticeship program, there is a true end focused path that that person can take to get them from step one to the final stage and they show growth in the um in that uh, industry no it sounds really interesting and i mean a pretty i guess simple concept but in practice can really make a big difference to people's lives it does and uh the european countries believe strongly in doing apprenticeships even the countries in asia so it's good that The United States now has a strong and focused mission. We've always had apprenticeship programs, but they weren't utilized or they were stereotyped as just blue collar jobs. And we're trying to change that way of thinking and showing the employers that these are opportunities for just about any industry. So how do you think this, your program and and the other things that you do kind of fit into the smart city concept or smart city space? Well, the apprenticeship program shows, um, guaranteed growth um, in the industry and great it's great for the economy and for the growth of any city and so with the movement to have smart cities I believe that tying the two together would provide the training that's needed to have the personnel to build out the smart cities or operate the technology required to run a smart city Um, it, it just would help per capita overall to attract more people to that area, wealth to that area, industry to that area. And with the help of the apprenticeship program, we can start helping moving that line forward a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely. No, I um I agree for sure. And I think also having people moving from different careers into other sectors is really important um, for that cross kind of disciplinary um, approach to smart city. So I think, yeah, it's a really, it fits really well into the smart city space. I do. I do think so too. Mm. So where do you think America kind of ranks when it comes to smart cities? Unfortunately, I don't think that we rank very high right now among smart cities. Uh, we haven't always been uh, had a strong focus on the STEM careers. We do now, or we're getting there. Unfortunately, it's taken us a while. And with us doing things the same as we did it 40 or 50 years ago, it's not allowing us to grow and advance technologically. So with the change in the climate and the change in society, I'm hoping that we're able to move the needle forward a lot faster because now people are starting to recognize that there are other areas of the world that are technologically way more advanced than we are. Yeah, definitely. So I know that you, well, I think I know that you attended the Green Tech um, conference last week. Is that right? I did. It was awesome. How did, yeah, how did you find that? Um, can you talk a little bit, bit about, I think you, you presented there as well. Um, is, is that right? I did pre- present there and I did talk yeah. about how we can interface the DOL resources into building out smart cities. That was the premise yeah. of my um, speech. Yeah, cool. And overall, what was the kind of, what were the key themes from that conference, do you think? Well, of, of the conference as a whole or just of my speech? Uh, of the conference as a whole or, or both. Oh. Let's, start with your, let's start with your speech and then talk <laughs> about the conference as a whole. Well, with with my speech, obviously, it's showing them how to use the resources of today to build a better future for tomorrow. We have generations coming behind us that are only concerned about technology and how fast things can move and how fast they can get information or get messaging across from one person to another, one area to another. So I think um, starting to build out a smart cities platform but using the resources we have today, funding-wise, um, just the different energy developments that we're making and the strides we're making in the IT industry, by all means, we can use those to build out the smart cities and build a platform, at least, to, to move that needle forward. Um, as far as the conference as a whole, it was focused on a lot of different things. So I heard talks on cybersecurity and the importance of it and where we're going with that right now, government relations. So there were a lot of different um, subject matter experts, and I was very fortunate to meet quite a few of them. And I even met with the president of the IEEE, um, Candy, and we had a a good talk, and we're going to follow up on our conversation in the next couple of weeks because I believe that that's um, that's a very key part of us building that relationship. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. I think um, at a conference, the most important thing is those kind of follow-ups afterwards and ways that we can work together um, in a real kind of way. So, yeah, no, that's really awesome to hear. So where do you think good places are to pilot this smart tech or smart concepts? Um, I would like to see cities like maybe New York City, Dallas, Houston, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Miami, Chicago, even Washington, D.C., you know, take the concept of smart cities at the helm 
and become that example for the smaller cities. Um, if they stand in favor of small, uh, smart cities and start building out a platform, they're going to have other cities interested in doing this and following suit. Um, the population in those cities, they're going to have a bigger buy-in. I mean, we have a lot of corporate infrastructure in, in those cities, and they're going to have a bigger buy-in. And the movement there is going to obviously have a broader reach than if you start out in a very small city. Yeah, cool. No, that's a good point. I think um, that using the big city population or whatever to kind of demonstrate what we can do as role models, or I guess, for smaller regions is, is a really interesting way to think about it. Yeah, and if you if you target big cities in the different parts of the United States, so some on the West Coast, some on the East Coast, some in the South, some in the North, um, it's going to have one of those um, spiral out kind of effects or ripple out effects where it's going to ripple inward into the country and it's going to eventually meet in the middle. So I feel like if the bigger cities take the helm, they have they have a greater economy. I mean, they have more corporate buy-in there. New York City have so many um, Fortune 500 companies. Dallas has a lot of Fortune 500 companies. If they get them all on board and these city governments decide this is a project we want to work on, this is something we want to see, set a goal, set a timeline, you're going to start seeing the smaller cities around it. The radiation from the different changes we're making is going to spread and it's going to get people excited and they're going to want to adapt some of it as well. Yeah, cool. So how do you think we can better integrate across the different disciplines, governments and industries? Oh, I feel like the biggest way to do that is educating the masses, Mm -hmm. educate the lawmakers, um, have the industries apply for grant fundings utilize the government resources to promote and build out these smart city platforms. Those are all key things that needs to be done, but we have to educate the masses. We have to change the way people think and show them how things could be in the future if we start uh, doing something about it today. Yeah. Do you have any ideas of how we can use technology to kind of feed into that education piece? Oh, sure. I mean, just using the social media platforms that we have today is a big part of that. If we can build out um, education material that could feed on social media or trend on social media to get people excited and get them, you know, knowledgeable about what's coming out, because most people spend their time on, on social media. I looked up some statistics the other day and it was talking about, you know, out of a 12, our day that somebody might be awake, they spend at least five of those on social media. And it's not constant. It's constantly checking it. And if you add up all those minutes, I mean, that's a huge part of your day. If you have a 12 hour day, even at, even in an office, you know, if somebody's checking that constantly, that's two, three hours of the time that they could be working that they're eating up with social media. I think that's one of the greatest platforms we have at our fingertips right now. Yeah, no, I agree. So do you think that America can become leaders in this space? So either smart technology or concepts or different programs? Absolutely. I don't see why not. We're a global leader in a whole lot of other facets and with time and a healthy respect for where smart cities can take us. We certainly can become a leader in this this area as well. 
Yeah. It's just going to take time and it's going to take motivated people to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like some of the work that you're doing at the moment obviously is, is pioneering, I guess, in, in kind of trying to become leaders in that space. Would you agree? I do agree. And there's only five of us across the United States and we have one national manager in Washington, D.C., so the six of us take the helm and try to do as much as we can. Mm. But yes, what we're doing as a team is definitely going to start helping to bridge that gap. Yeah, so using human resources um, and then using just technology to enable that kind of change rather than just focusing on the technology. Right. Yeah, cool. So... There's lots of emerging trends that people are t- that they are talking about at the moment. Do you have any ideas about the ones that people aren't talking about or you think that we should talk about more? Um, I would like to see people talk more about sustainable farms. You know, agriculture is a dying industry right now and it's so needed because of course we all have to eat. But nobody, at least not in the younger generation that I've spoken to, wants to go into agriculture. And if we start talking about things like sustainable farms where we can interface, you know, growing food with technology, you know, whether it be in monitoring the food or, you know, irrigation of the food, it would start getting them more interested in it. That's one conversation that I actually think needs to happen more here in the United States. Yeah, definitely. I think some of some of our farm farming areas are some of the most smart kind of areas because they use technology because it's more efficient too. Have you kind of seen that in America as well? I am not in an area where I would see very much of that, but I would imagine that they can utilize a lot of smart technology to do a lot of farming um, and, and grow crops healthy for the masses out here. Unfortunately, the younger generation looks at agriculture as more work and work is almost a four letter word that they do not like. So they don't want to get into that. Everybody I've spoken to wants to get into technology or they want to get into corporate America and do a desk job and because it looks pretty and it's easy in their mind. But there's so much that we can do with the smart technology to help bridge that gap between those jobs that people just consider to be, you know, too much work. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. How do you see the economy or the way that we work changing in the future um, in the smart city kind of space? Well, I think if we start building out smart cities, we're going to start working smarter, not harder. A lot of times I think we work laboriously trying to get a task done without thinking through. And I think with smart technology, it's going to help not just people to interface with the city, but cities to interface with each other and countries to interface with each other. And it's just going to help bridge the gap in communication that we sometimes have. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, yeah, definitely we're going to see a change. And I think it won't just be a young people change. I think it'll be a change across all the demographics. What do you think about that? I think it's going to be a change across all the demographics. I think it's going to take the younger generation to pioneer it um, because I know that there are a lot of people who are more senior to myself who 
are interested in building smart cities and motivated about building smart cities, but they don't have enough of their peers on board. And it's going to take them talking to the younger generation and getting the younger generation excited to start seeing some of these changes happen. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something that, that we'll see grow culturally. It's just going to take time to get everybody on board. But the younger generation, I think, has the power right now to do it. And if we get them motivated and get them behind the mission, they can move it forward very, very quickly. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think you're right. It has to be um, an education piece and a, and a culture change, not just a, oh, let's hire more young people, but having that diversity of thought um, in all kind of areas like agriculture, in the corporate office, um, in technology, all the different sectors to have that diversity of thought. Yes, I do agree. Cool. Well, it's been so great to talk to you, Roxanne. Um, I really only have one last question, which is how can people connect with you? So there are two ways to connect with me. I will provide my email, but people can also connect with me by going on the veterans.gov website. It's www.veterans.gov. And my state is region four. It's the Dallas region. So if they click on any of the states in orange and go to send an email, the email will come directly to me. Yeah. My email address, they, I'll give you that. It's Griffith, G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H dot Roxanne, R-O-X-A-N-N dot S at D as in Delta, O as in Oscar, L as in Lima dot gov. So Griffith dot Roxanne dot S at D-O-L dot gov. No worries. I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can um, click away and find you. Yes, not a problem. And if they're not, if they're trying to connect with us and they're in a different region, I will connect them to my colleagues in that region. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again soon. It's been really great. Thank you, Zoe. I appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. It's the Smart City Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email, zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at smartcitypod. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for.